Well, let's rock and roll. Um, I hope you had a good lunch. In reality, I don't really give a fuck if you did or not, but that's just, you know, political correctness. I hope you had a good lunch. Uh, I'd rather just say, go fuck yourself. <laughs> um, the, um, this afternoon, we are covering, uh, um, well, we're still in the, 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 the pre-introduction, actually, although we went through the seven steps. Uh, just to give you a little tease, uh, you know, like it's like this is like a pre-Alcoholics Anonymous meeting. You know, we give you a little tease, um, and the uh, <clears throat> but um, I continue to beat into you that uh, understanding QLA is intellectually easy because it is. Well, maybe not this group. I say slightly tongue-in-cheek. If if I gave you a test, a written test. You know, some of you would do better than others. That's just the way life is. Uh, but it's, it's fairly simple, you know. It's like the success tests on my uh, website, the pessimism test and the optimism test. You know, you can score those. It's pretty multiple choice. It's easy. It may be a little more difficult uh, if uh, we made the success test a, an essay test. Um, and although I did, I excelled at essay tests because I believe when you can say something in 50 words, 500 is better. I'm always, I'm verbose, I like, I like to say uh, uh, more than is necessary. Uh, and the, uh, except for when I'm selling and they say yes, then I shut up. And I leave. I get them to sign the fucking paper and then I walk out the door. But that's about the only time I do that. But intellectually it's easy, but we've talked about it and we've gone through a lot of dramatic and looking at the, the, um, the looks on your faces, some dramatic examples and metaphors about how fucking hard it is. It just is, and it is hard. Um, and I would be disingenuous and be, you know, a liar if I didn't tell you it was difficult. It was difficult because of the emotional baggage. Now, uh, education is not, uh, as Einstein said, education is not learning uh, facts, but the training of the mind to think. That's what we're going to do here over the next week. We're going to train you in a different way how to think about problems. I'll give you one example. I like to talk about Edison because he did 10,000 experiments, supposedly. That's what history myth says. Now, I would have hired some engineer from MIT to do it. I wouldn't have fucking fucked around for 10,000. But one of the things that he did is he believed that um, success was 99% perspiration and 1% inspiration. And I do believe that. And that's been my experience in six decades. Just the opposite what you think, what you've been told, and what you've been taught. I said, there was a slide early on that the guys that win are the guys that don't give up and work at it the longest and the hardest. That's my experience. That's me. That's many of those guys on that back wall. Not all of them, but many of them. Now, I won't say it's 99% perspiration, 1% inspiration, but I will say it's maybe 90% perspiration, and 10% inspiration. Now, I'm 131 years old, as we indicated, based on 15 hours a day for uh, more or less 50 years. So I've worked roughly 60 hours longer. Now, it's interesting that they were talking about this morning on BBC, and BBC Scotland is different than BBC, the regular BBC, because you never know what BBC Scotland may say something different than BBC London. But BBC Scotland was talking about a successful guy, now this is big time hours in Scotland. He had worked 
Six days a week, 12 hours a fucking day. That's huge in Scotland. And I want to meet this cocksucker because I don't believe it. <laughs> Since Andrew Carnegie left Dunfermline, I don't know a Scot that works that fucking long. And I certainly don't know a fucking Englishman. I just don't. I cannot believe it. Now, I've been up here 31 years, and I haven't met any. I've heard about them. I said, let me touch one. Let me, let me shake hands with one. Let me have a cup of tea or a dram with one. But I have never met any. So I don't believe it. But I'm going to go back and have my crack staff that's filming me right now go back and check Google fuck and to find out who the fuck worked 12 hours a day, six days a week up here. Because <coughs> I want to tip my hat to him, which reminds me of a story. We're building a board in the late 90s. And um, we're trying to get the, a lawyer, you know, because we have a legal guy on the board. And so my, my young man T comes to me. He says, oh, here's a list of three guys. And I said, well, just tell me in a sentence what their claim to fame is. And one of them was, they got the Murdoch sons off. Murdoch uh, oh, uh, for larceny, fraud, blah, blah, blah. That's the guy I want to meet. And he says, well, he says, even got, he's got another claim to fame, which I think it's a myth. I don't believe it, Dan. I said, well, what is it? He has worked since 1972 and never taken a day off. This was in 19, uh, 25 years, 1997. I don't fucking believe that. But I said, fine. So we set up a meet, like the mafia, meet. We set up a meet. And we go, he lives in Cadogan Square. Now, Cadogan Square is a nice area, very nice, okay. And uh, kind of like Beverly Hills, but it's in Mayfair, it's Cadogan Square. So we go to, I go to his house, I show up, and I don't do breakfast meetings, and I don't do lunch meetings, a waste of time. But for him, I'm in an exception. I show up at 7 o'clock. I'm there about 5 minutes to 7. And a little teeny Vietnamese uh, housekeeper shows up, about this tall. She opens the door. Oh, Mr. Pina, that's so nice. And she lets me in. And I'm sitting down. And it's a, uh, a five-story, and the building was maybe one and a half times wider than this room. Five-story. Now... In Cadogan Square, they're on lease, long-term lease, between 75 and 150 years, more or less. Okay. But he had just bought Cadogan Square, that house, from um, Lord of Westminster, whatever his name is. Duke of Westminster. Okay. Duke of, okay. Now, the Duke of Westminster, just a little aside, a little trivia, his claim to fame is his great, 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 maybe another great-grandfather, had had the presence of mind to marry a 12-year-old girl who was the heir to Mayfair. He was 29, she was 12. Now, that's some foresight. Now, I don't know if she could suck the chrome off a trailer hitch, but being me, meaning only 12 years old, I would rather doubt it. But anyway, so I'm in this place, and he had just bought it. And so I'm sitting there waiting for him, and he, he strolls in. He really waddles in, and he's about this tall. And you know when you see people that, I'm not making fun of retarded people, but you know when you see people that are wearing their pants up to here, you know, and their belly goes like this? That's what he looked like. And he waddles over, and he says, oh, I'm so, so, thank you. You know, I know it's inconvenience, and I heard you don't do breakfast meetings, but really I have to be in court at half eight, or, which means 8.30. He says, I, you know, we've got about 45 minutes. And so, and, he, and I said, well, 
I now find out that you don't have time to be on the board. No, no, but I wanted to meet you. Because there's a myth, a legend around. Uh, he's talking to me, and I go, what is it? He says, well, I, I don't want to embarrass you. And I said, no, this is be very, very English. I said, well, what is it? He says, I'm told that you haven't taken a day off since 1971. It's not a myth, it's true. Oh, my God, I'm so happy. Because you know about my story, I says, yeah, you haven't taken a day off since 1972. And he says, I always told people there were, had to be somebody that worked more than I did. True story. True story. And uh, the, uh, this guy was great. And the, he, had, he gave out business cards. Now, this doesn't do justice. And I still have it. But he gave out platinum business cards. Platinum. And he goes, you know how they, Asians go like this when they give out business. Platinum. And he gave me one of his business cards. And each business card costs about 25 or 30 pounds. Okay. And uh, I want you to have one of these. And it didn't have any number, no address, the fuck all, nothing. It just had his name. Okay? And the, um, um, but he, you know, showed me no matter how little you work, there's always somebody that works less. And no matter how hard you work, there's always somebody that works more. And I was always of the school that, you know, I wasn't the brightest in school, although I ultimately, after going back to university for the fourth time, after flunking out three times, graduated with honors, and I finished a four-year degree in two and a half years, and I had, I got virtually all A's because I had virtually all D's and F's the first time around, so I virtually had to start from scratch. But I always believed that it's very difficult to beat somebody that works 15 hours a day. Now, I know a lot of you have learned or read or work smart, not hard. We've all heard that, right? Now, I want you to show me. And if you know somebody, I'll fly there and meet him. You show me that has created even my meager wealth. Forget any of the big hitters, okay? That has worked smart, which means not too many hours. You, you show me somebody. In six decades of being successful in high performance, I've heard about them, but they're mostly legend and myth. They're not reality. And I have a lot of res I have respect for Mr. Ferris, but he's not a four-hour workweek guy. He's a 90, 120-hour workweek guy. But he got rich, and it's a great marketing idea, and that's great. This will not work if you don't put in the hours, full stop. Taking control of your, of your life is very hard. Most of you have no control, none. Now you think you've got control, but when we get through and we start doing these drills and when we get into private time and I start asking you some hard questions, and when you get the weekly report and you see that you can't answer some of the fucking questions, without having to go back and research, you should know the answers to the fucking questions off the top of your head. And you'll realize that, you know, well, some of you are youthful, you misguided youth or misguided middle age, you're misguided old age, however you want to look at it. 
Taking action emotionally is extremely hard, as we talked about. It's not as hard for people like me because I've trained myself. And one of the things that Helen Keller, Helen Keller was a woman that was deaf, dumb, uh, blind. She was everything. She says, I try to do something that scares me to death every day. Now, if you were deaf, dumb, and blind, I mean, there's a lot of shit that would scare you, right? So, I mean, I think it was easy for her to find something that would scare her every day. But another woman that said that was uh, Eleanor Roosevelt, which was Franklin Delano Roosevelt's wife, uh, the uh, FDR, who's the famous president of the United States. If you go out and you do something that scares you every day, you go out of your way to find something that scares you, that makes it, which means takes you outside your comfort zone. You'll succeed geometrically. Because right now what you do, unconsciously, subconsciously, sub rosa, as the Latin would say, is you avoid things that take you outside your comfort zone, <coughs> i.e., you don't do things that scare you. <coughs> now, admittedly, it takes a whole lot to scare me. But for 25 or 30 years, I went out of my fucking way. And then towards the end, not the end of my career, but the end of that period, then I went, you know, and buffaloes ran over me, and I went in caves looking for lions, and I them, you know, I uh, I went from hunting with rifles. And I'm a, I'm a not a world class shot, but I'm pretty close to world class shot, to pistols, to big Bowie knives, because I couldn't get a thrill anymore. I couldn't get the fucking rush. I've killed 600-pound um, wild boar. I've killed, you know, the big, uh, well, you haven't seen it, the big um, Kodiak bear in um, the trophy room. I, no, no, yeah, I slowed him down. But he was still up on, on his haunches when I jumped on his ass. And I, and I, and I stabbed him like 60, 70 times. He said, I looked, you couldn't see my hand going. It was so, it was a blur. Just a fucking blur, because I was so fucking pumped up. I mean, I thought my heart was going to burst. I was going, nah, 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 nah. make sure the fucker was dead. Now, I don't expect you to take those kind of risks, but right now you're not taking any. So, and I'm not going to say there's a happy medium someplace, because there is no happy medium. That's a horse shit. That's a myth, too. So, I'll leave the YouTubers with that, and then we'll get on to some real stuff. Thank you.